Welcome to Headcanon. I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we're back. Just a little spur of the moment thing because, uh, Marco, what movie did you make me watch? Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. Which which we had discussed two weeks ago would probably be the next Headcanon episode. But, uh, yeah, I did force you. Um, I this is This is like the closest, I guess, we get to a special Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> There we go for such a romantic movie. Yeah. Yes. Um, this is also going to be, you know, not that our episodes are all I'd call particularly great as it is, but probably like the least well put together episode this of Headcanon. This is very, very spur of the moment. Yeah. Not a lot of prep went into this. No notes. And also, we both, I had the DVD open. Benji went home, downloaded the movie. Because we just finished this movie half an hour ago, and we're struggling to remember things that happened in it. What even happened? Who was in this movie? Yeah. And it's not like we were like on our phones the whole time or anything like that. No. I mean, part of the time, yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, come on. It's Fifty Shades of Grey. Of course, we're looking at our phones part of the time. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is directed by Sam Taylor Johnson, uh, the other half of Quicksilver. Uh, written by Kelly Marcel, who did like Saving Mr. Banks and is working on some other Disney property right now. It um, got a polish by Patrick Marber, who wrote Closer. Think yeah, about that. I didn't see the polish in there anywhere. Yeah. Oh, she's working on Cruella, which I guess is some sort of like new Cruella DeVille movie or something. Hmm. I mean, he was. <laughs> Was Patrick Marber like, I think you need to keep the intensity of the what is a butt plug line. Is that seriously going to be a Corel DeVille prequel with Emma Stone? Wow. With Emma Stone? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember reading I about that. I forgot about that, yeah. Oh, what are you drinking there? Uh, just a little cocktail. What about you? Oh, uh, like, you know, I funny you should ask. I thought I'd stop by the gas station on the way home to get myself another, like, extra tall bottle version of a Stella that you gave me earlier. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go on a tangent here. I don't think our listeners will mind. Uh, as I pull into the parking lot, I see someone shuffling across the parking lot from the gas pumps to the station wearing a big pink wig, like a long, long hair pink wig and mm-hmm. a pink dress that would be fashionable maybe like 100 years ago, like this really old time pink dress. Okay. And I'm like easing into the lot thinking like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And then they turn to look at me and they're wearing clown makeup. Oh, God. Could not tell if it was a man or a woman. Uh, no, no sense of male butt. And I just I just eased. I was, I was like parking at that point And they mm-hmm. look at me. And they stared at me for like a full second as they're walking in. And I just like put it in reverse and backed on out. <laughs> Went to the gas station across the street. Does this mean that you were marked? Do you have like seven days to live? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I found out on the news tomorrow that, like, that whole place got shot up or something. Mm. Or some sort of robbery. Mm. Their car also had, a, like, where the where the radiator is in front, it had, like, mm-hmm. a big fake red nose and little eyes painted on the hood. Oh. It's fucking terrifying. Anyway, so I'm drinking a Stella, there, long story short. There could be, like, a, a shopkeeper in there who's, like, one minute away from dying if only someone would call 911. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. that's not you because you're talking about Fifty Shades of Grey on a podcast. Got a podcast, yeah. Sorry, man. 
but yeah, hardest pass of all time. I was not going into that place when I saw a fucking clown going in there. That that encounter, by the way, clown. There was more drama in that little moment in the parking lot than there was in this whole movie. Did the clown say, "I don't do the girlfriend thing"? (laughs) Yeah. Um. Oh, God. Anyway, February 13th, 2015, this movie came out and exploited the audience for Valentine's Day movies by making a shitload of money opening weekend and falling off a total cliff. Made more than half its money opening weekend, which, I don't know. Did people like this movie? Let me ask you. This is not a totally serious question, obviously, but Mm -hmm. better date movie slash Valentine's Day movie, this or Gone Girl? Obviously Gone Girl. Gone Girl, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> I remember, I remember you and I went to see Gone Girl together, and I think we we were remarking on a couple that was clearly on a first date when we walked out, <laughs> and we were like, "They're not going to last." <laughs> How do I know they saw Gone Girl on their first date? Or maybe they will. Can you imagine a first date like to this movie? No, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it would be as awkward as the movie. I guess. Uh, yeah. Anyway, did you have an opening statement at all? Uh, do you? I mean, I wrote like just a really slapdash paragraph here. Uh, this is a, you know, for a movie appropriated from like Twilight fan fiction. Um, how can I put this nicely? This movie is terrible. The story is garbage. Um, I don't want to kink shame anybody throughout this, but uh, even oh, I will. Even, even the accepted BDSM community have been like, this doesn't represent us whatsoever. This is garbage. Um, I mean, I guess you could try to take positive readings in this. I mean, I, I guess you could make it like there's kind of a Jane Austen story argument in some of it, but it's still mm. just a bad movie. Um, I think we talked about the writing and acting is like sub porn quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm honestly surprised it didn't star like fucking like James Dean and was directed by Brett Easton Ellis. End of story. Yeah. yeah, this movie managed to make sex seem really boring. Uh, it's plotless and dull stupid characters no sense of momentum or drama like i i just don't really see what the appeal is like even as a corny romance movie it's just really forgettable uh-huh. um, and yeah like you said the dialogue at times it felt like it was ripped from a porn movie it really reminded me of the fake porn movie in boogie nights where she's <laughs> like i think you have the job but first i need to see something and then after she's like this is a great big cock <laughs> mister this is a giant cock yeah, that, that dialogue is probably uh, more elevated than this movie's dialogue. Especially in that first scene where they meet at the interview. Oh, God, that was bad. Uh, I mean, surely there's, there's got to be better Twilight fanfic out there that you can make a movie out of, right? I don't know. I hope so. There has to be. Like, this is it's not even, like, good in, like, a cheesy way. I don't know. I mean, I, on the one hand, it's like we're kind of, like, dunking on this, like, movie that's really not like we're not the low hanging fruit we're not the target demo i understand that i just like there's got to be better like much much better versions of what this movie could be i guess is my feeling Mm -hmm. um anyway i mean yeah this is not (laughs) this is not last tango in paris this isn't nine and a half weeks this isn't even another nine and a half weeks it wasn't even like like fun yeah. You know, like, like, just kind of like, this is corny, but like, this is guilty pleasure. Like, it was just boring. Yeah. Well, and nothing. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know 
how the story in the novel works, but it's not like you you feel any of the tertiary characters who set up certain scenes that are roadblocks this couple getting together. Like uh, the character who I, I can't remember his name. I think it's No Way Jose. Jose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the werewolf like photographer bestie or whatever. It's like he's in three scenes just to be this minor stool that he stepped that Christian Grey steps on to get with this girl. Yeah. God, his movie's so dumb. So poorly made. All right. Well, what were your top three moments? Um, <laughs> obviously, these top three moments work differently than our usual ones. Uh, my number three is the continuous, ridiculous back and forth texting and emailing montages. <laughs> oh, I just realized I, ha- I have. Oh, that's, that's like me, my number four. I have a number three on top of it now. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, my number three is when Christian leaves the door open at Anna's place when he's fucking her. That mm-hmm. was just a real power move there. Didn't even shut the door the entire time. That's my I don't know what kind of roommate like understanding her and, and Kate, the roommate have. But apparently anything goes on the couch, door open, whatever. Kate's, you know, Kate's no spoiler, my favorite character in this movie, but like. She was just like raw dogged by uh, Christian's bro at like when Anna and Christian walk in at one point, and she's like totally cool. Like seconds later, like hey, let's hang out. Yeah, I'm wearing a nighty. What of it? Yeah, like uh, my number three is now that moment where she says something like "nice to know you" or whatever, like blows him off. He shows up with like breaks into her house with champagne, ties her up, essentially fucks her doggy style. Um, I think we had talked about like, wouldn't it be great if he just walked out right now? Um, which was half the movie was us suggesting other things that they could be doing. They would have been be either yeah. power moves or kink moves or whatever. But yeah, then we were like, wait, I think they left the door open the whole time. Oh shit, they did. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Um, sorry, that was my number three. My yeah. my number two is the ridiculous "eat me and drink me" signs when she wakes up, leading up to. His non sequitur line of "If you were mine, you wouldn't be able to sit down for a week." <laughs> was Did that actually in the movie, or did you just say that during the? Movie? He actually says that to her. Okay, I wasn't sure. Well, they they haven't even worked up to any of the sex stuff yet. He just climbs on the bed and it's just like, "Oh, that if you totally were mine, that random that moment when he takes his shirt off, like out of nowhere." Yeah, yeah, right before he takes his shirt off. Yeah, yeah, and it's where he most like lets his Irish accent like slip through because he can't control it. Oh, I like the the eat me, drink me with the pills. There's like a little bottle that says ibuprofen. Those were not Advil. Like, I don't no. know what the fuck kind of weird blue horse pills those are. But uh, <laughs> Anastasia, think twice before you take those. Seriously. Uh, my number two, as you mentioned, uh, the coitus interruptus with Anna's roommate, Kate, <laughs> and uh, Elliot, the supposed brother. Where they're, I mean, first of all, she's in like this ridiculous like silk nighty. Yeah. I don't know why she's wearing that exactly, but they're just like banging on the couch. They get interrupted and that dude just slides right out and into his pants. He's got a smile on the whole fucking time. Like they're just very cool about the whole thing. Like, oh, we were just in the middle of sex, but hi, how you doing? Well, this Christian is just like, Elliot, we got to go now. You know, and Elliot's like, totally cool, bro. Let me just put my pants on in front of you and your new lady friend. And I'm ready to go. Don't mind if I rub one out in the car on the way. <laughs> they don't have a tissue. And Kate's just like, "How are you guys doing? Do you want to talk about it?" I just I definitely know underwear there, right? Like, I just, would. I, mean, I guess she could have it to the side. You were talking about Elliot. 
Yeah. Doesn't appear so. Apparently, like Elliot's. Yeah, uh, no, he commando. totally commando. And yeah, the the roommate's like, yeah, it was three seconds ago. I was having sex, but now let's just talk about how you, how's it going. Yeah, how was your night? Mm-hmm. How was my night? My night was good. I mean, you just saw on the couch where it was like, ending up, but yeah. Do they not have a bed? Does the roommate sleep on the couch? Is that the arrangement? Well, maybe that's why later on. Maybe maybe even Mr. Christian Grey was like, oh, should I shut the uh, the door? This is totally rude for Kate when she comes home. And, and, and Anastasia's like, no, that's cool. <laughs> we have a deal. <laughs> even though she's a virgin. Of course she is, yeah. Uh, what's your number one? Uh, what's a butt plug? Um, the whole ludicrous contract negotiation. Which is like a, it's like a cross between like a Mad Magazine and SNL skit, like skewering this movie. Yeah, and I, my number one is also what are butt plugs? Um, but I don't want to give this movie too much credit and say that was like a good scene necessarily. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, um, it's still like all in all a supremely stupid, and not very interesting scene. But as far as this movie goes, that was a pass for entertainment. <coughs> yeah. Um, also, he does not answer her question. No, he does not. We're left hanging with the mystery of what are butt so, plugs. Maybe we'll find out in the sequel. Well, we so right right after that, like his army of like Margot Margot Robbie like uh, assistants come in with like dinner and wine and stuff, and like we joked that like they would like lift the, the tray, the, the <laughs> cover off the dish, and there's yeah, a butt plug. They've got like an entree cover, and yeah, they pulled it up, and it's like, oh, Madame, a butt plug. <laughs> well because we kept joking throughout every time christian says and he's like it's like three different times referring to either his family or his business or something he's just like nobody knows about this part of my life and it's like bro everyone, everyone knows, knows. <laughs> dogs know yeah. uh, any complaints this whole movie it's, its whole existence is one giant complaint seen from space um it's just there's no purpose to this whatsoever. I don't know how this is three books. I don't know what the arc is. Who is the feminist out there who's like really trying to work an angle that this movie is somehow empowering? Yeah. Well, it, it's it's terrifying the mindset behind this movie because it reminds me of where we are politically now in the world. Where, for example, like not sorry to get about Trump, but like here's a guy who tells you all the horrible things he wants to do as president. He gets elected. He starts doing all these horrible things and people are shocked. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing these things. And it's like he told you this is what he's going to do. It's the same thing with this guy. And then like one point where Anastasia was like, I can't believe this is what you want from me. It's like I hate to say he you were told or you were warned or whatever. But it's well, like almost, he, it's, he told you. It seems like the movie wants to put you, the viewer, in that mindset of being like, God, what's your problem? He told you he was going to, you know, like it like it puts you in a mindset you don't want to be in. Which is yeah. like, well, wow, she seems pretty unreasonable. Yeah, don't ever make me side of this piece of shit guy. Yeah. Um, but like, there's this, like I said, there's this Jane Austen like transactional love thing where it's like, how much, how much can I change you without changing myself? And then somehow we both slide into becoming total monsters. Well, I, I'm not sure even if I should give the, the movie enough credit into saying that like maybe she realizes that she does like possess some power over him. By like withholding on her own, but it's so. I don't know if it the movie even understands quite what it's doing completely there, or it doesn't really commit to it. Yeah, 
you know, like there's a couple times when she's kind of like playing hard to get, but it it never really goes anywhere. It seems like. I mean, she definitely is doing more acting, um, even if it is flat, than he is. Because um, it's just easier to take this movie if you believe that he is the serial killer from the fall. Like if that was a doc- yeah. like that that was a documentary about the actor Jamie Dornan. Um, but like it does, the movie's not served when they stare at each other blankly for a full minute, and then he's just like, "What are you doing to me? You're changing me." It's like art. Wow, is that what's happening? Well, that, uh, is that what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> like I mentioned, he uh, a lot of times in certain lighting, he looks a lot like Casper Van Diem. Uh, <laughs> which makes from, it look from cheaper. Starship Troopers, of course. Yeah, which makes this look like some really cheap, like you know, direct to Cinemax movie, which it probably should have been. Well, but, so I, I was gonna say about twenty minutes into the movie, we both had the same thought essentially, which is, what if this was secretly Bruce Wayne? Yeah, drop the BDSM thing. Just make it this emotionally unavailable billionaire and instead of Christian Grey. His name's Bruce Wayne, and it's like you never see Batman the whole movie. Mm-hmm. You just like that's like the subtext, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, that'd be in, amazing, by the way. Get rid of Max Martini. Bring in Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. You know, just because his voice will make anything sound better. There's one shot where like they're in. I don't know if they're like in his penthouse apartment or whatever like overlooking the Seattle skyline and they start to walk off, you know, to the, the, you know, stage right. And we were like, what if the best thing would just start flashing over the skyline in the distance? <laughs> I have and he's to just go. like, I gotta go. Yeah. Oh, but your I mean, limits, Mr. Wayne. There's, I mean, there's a scene with a glider that's literally ripped out of the remake of the Thomas crown affair. And so I started thinking like, what if you age up this character? Like, Four decades. What you started thinking was like, what if, what if this character had a personality? Yeah. Like, what if there was like an inch of depth to him at all? Yeah. Other than like he was abused when he was fifteen, and now he's reenacting his abuse on other people. Yay. Yeah. Uh Anyway, this movie makes me think that BDSM is just really stupid. Like, I'm sure there's a bunch of BDSM people out there who are like, "Whoa, this movie doesn't represent us." Blah blah blah. But like. To me, the whole concept of it, I just does nothing for me at all. That's just me. Well, so uh, I have a friend who who went to go visit a friend of hers in Seattle uh, a few months ago. Um, they were named Anastasia Steele. Afraid not. They were gonna go run a marathon together. They've been like friends since like law school. Hmm. Both like about to take the bar for like the second time or third time or whatever. And uh, my my friend had noticed that her friend kept was always paying for dinner. She always had money. And she eventually found out that she has a new job as a, as a dominatrix. Mm. Um, and so we were talking about, it makes much more sense for people who have high powered, high stress jobs to be subs, mm-hmm. you know, to finally be free of that stress. Like if he exercises control in all aspects of his life, wouldn't he want to relinquish that control at some point? Well, and also a lot of his like foreplay, it was really based around withholding, which seemed like much something that a male would enjoy, generally speaking, not not necessarily, but generally speaking, much more than a female, uh, which maybe that, that, that's just a sign of him like doing things he thinks that he would enjoy. So other people must do. I don't know. Isn't that one of Dawn's ladies complaints about him and Mad Men is that he gets off on withholding? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think he said that about me once, but anyway. Yeah, because you're you're deep. Um, yeah, at the start of this movie, Anastasia, I wrote down 
I have so few notes. She dresses like Carrie's mom from Carrie. <laughs> Which is basically, I guess, like boring vanilla white bread repressed girl wardrobe. She's college God. student. What do you think when you when you see these like these almost seem cliche shots of like the super rich guy who's got like this giant closet of all the same suit and shirt and bunch of ties like I feel like it just washes over me when I see it now like I'm not impressed at all I'm just like yawn well like the stuff of him and and like the closet and like full of white shirts and mm-hmm. dark and jackets like. Is this wrong? Like, should we not be seeing any of him yet? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't feel like we're building up the mystery of this character of his, like, stupid fucking tie. And... He works at Grey House is the name of this building for some reason. Yeah. So we're, she lives in Portland. I guess she goes, like, PSU or something. Presumably. I, I mean, really, she should just live in Forks. Let's be real. According to Wikipedia, it's Washington State University, so I don't know what's going on here. Even though she lives in Portland. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Good work, E.L. James. Yeah. Uh, she's the worst interviewee ever. Like those. Well, like, like it's like she doesn't even know how to read a piece of paper and ask a question. Like it's like she's so immediate. She's so flustered by this guy who, like, I'm just not. I'm not sensing why, like, it's not like this is like John Hamm walking out, like just some like amazingly charming, charismatic person or something like that. You know, it's like just this Mm -hmm. fucking dork. It's not like Clooney just walked out. I get that. Like, she's not a reporter. This is not her bag. She's doing a favor for the friend. Maybe read the fucking piece of paper before you get there. Also, this is like for a fucking school newspaper. I mean, come on. Yeah. Well, like maybe don't. I mean, there's like a general comedic, like like general comedic moment where she happens to read like, "Are you gay?" Oh shit! I just asked that. Like, maybe don't fall into that trap. Yeah, how bad are you at thinking on your feet there? That yeah. you're not even able to like sense the the context of the question you're reading. Like at least with Bella and Twilight, like one of her character traits is she was clumsy. This chick, it's just like she bites her lip a lot. At least Bella also, occasionally seemed to have uh, something going on between her ears. Yeah. Also, like this chick has like erogenous sounds all over her body. Apparently, yeah, all <laughs> over her body. <sighs> I I kind of wish that all of his like random blonde assistants were like either all played by the same person or like they like hired triplets or something like that. They like were all at, just like Trisha Halfer. Yeah. Like at least have some fun with the movie, like make it kind of weird and surreal and stylistic. But no, it's going to be shot like like a CW show. Do I, I do generally want the uh, Rorschach panda thing hanging in the lobby. Oh, is that a also, Rorschach? It, it almost. I mean, like, so when she trips into the guy's office, I always I, I want to know, did the assistant trip her? Was there a lip there? Yeah. Was she tripped? I have no idea. Like what? Because otherwise, it makes me think this girl's like just got like a mental defect. Yeah. Or they're like, well, Bella's clumsy, so she has to trip too. Yeah. Well, it's like I don't want to watch this guy like seducing this handicapped girl. <laughs> well, you're saying right. you're saying about how like back in the '80s they would make R-rated romance movies with like nudity and steamy love scenes and all that. Like, it's mm. not like this is really a new thing, except for the the bondage aspect of it 
which is like literally the entire plot of the movie is like whether or not she'll sign the stupid fucking contract. Yeah. It's like it's not there's no new ground to break here. I feel like this movie thinks it's much more transgressive than it is. Well, you know, like I don't I don't like, like, we, we've seen the whole ice on the nipple thing before, you know, like Top Gun. baby. Yeah, Cosmo's been working that since like the 1980s. Even in, in Hot Shots, mm-hmm. <laughs> it did yeah. it. But, uh, you know, like there's parts of Last Tango that I, I, I really appreciate. Parts I absolutely abhor, especially now as we just found out that the scene that creeps everyone out is actual genuine rape. But uh, uh, even even during his heyday, as much as I dislike him, Mickey Rourke was an actor. <laughs> like Jamie Dornan, I, I guess the only thing I can say is at least he's not the guy from the biker TV show, but... That's what? not much praise. Yeah, I can't fucking stand Charlie Hunnam. So I guess there's that. What's with the whole like Anastasia Christian thing as the elevator closes? Like, they seem to like want to make that a moment because they call back to it. But it's I don't know that it's just they're just saying their names. Like there's no there's no drama there for me at all. Yeah, yeah. And the she line... she runs outside and like throws her head up in the rain. Like like she needs to cool off or I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, not feeling it. The last line of the movie should have been her saying red. I think we're both in agreement there. Oh, instead of no, she says should have said red. Yeah. Um, she comes well, it's, home. It's from- funny how he stops on a dime. Like he's just like my kryptonite <laughs> lack of consent. Ah! <laughs> yeah. She comes home from that first interview and her roommate's just like, ooh, what's going on with you? And it's like they have to say that because like the acting isn't getting us there. Right. The acting and the the previous writing in the scene, you know, it's like there's nothing to indicate that, that she's like majorly flustered here. So the roommate has to tell us that she is. Yeah, I, I almost feel bad for Kate, the roommate, because Anastasia just seems like the goofiest fucking spaz of all time. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the computer, she's Googled the world's most eligible billionaire bachelor is like the headline for this guy. His Google image search is as boring as the rest of him. Yeah. Gray Enterprises Holdings, Inc. I feel like you pick either Holdings or Enterprises. <laughs> you don't need both. Yeah. <laughs> he, he makes he talks a big deal about how he controls all things in his life and he works hard, which is why he makes money. Seems to come from money, though. Mm-hmm. Got a rich fucking parent. Yeah. Yeah, he's not new. Gigantic mansion. Yeah, it's like how how hard you really work there, buddy. This is just like your your family company. Portfolio perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this movie, (laughs) the the misogyny just like rolls over you in waves after a while. Yeah. Completely controlling, but oh, but she wants it, so it's okay. I have no sympathy for No Way Jose. Like, they're once they're once in the college campus, like. She could not make it like clear how she doesn't take him seriously. Why do they other kiss than like the they're French? That, yeah, I don't know. Other than the fact that she can't open a door and he has to help her. Yeah, they kiss like they're she French. needs a lot of help opening her door, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, why are they kissing each other like they're in France or something? Like this little like like fake kiss on the side of the cheek for Mr. Friend Zone there. Within this hard hardware zone. Mm-hmm. What is this guy at the hardware store's name? Is his name like Chad or something like that? It's like a Luke or something. Mm. Sounds like it. Oh, you got a train going by there? Yeah. Mm. That train is more interesting than half the dialogue in this movie. Um, although, is, yeah. since you like this show, I think you'll find it funny that both Stephen Amell and Katie Cassidy were at paroles in this movie. 
interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, like the, the Jamie Dornan dude, Charlie Hunnam, and uh, what's his face, Eric Green Arrow. There, none of those guys seem right for a theoretical young fancy billionaire. Right. I mean, I definitely keep thinking mentally of Christian Bale, although he's probably a little bit old. Um, Not time trying to get you drunk. That's a very fine Chardonnay you're not drinking. I might even put Ian Harding above this dude. Uh, So you had made the joke of how great would Ian Harding and and Lucy Hale be in this movie. And I was like, auditioned, yeah. I was like, Lucy Hale is Christian Grey. I love it. Um, well, who's who did they ever run one like the guy from it's like Matt Bomer, I think. Oh, yeah, I think that was a popular fan. I choice. feel like that would make more sense. So, the, according to Wikipedia, here the studio wanted Ryan Gosling, they wanted Garrett Hedlund. <laughs> sure, Ryan Gosling told him to fuck off. Garrett Hedlund, god, why does that guy have a career? Um, the shortlist for actresses are it's I feel like it's the same shortlist you always see. Alicia Vikander, Imogen Poots, Elizabeth Olsen, Shailene Woodley, Felicity Jones. Are we sure Felicity Jones is good? Just gonna throw that out there. Ponder that. Hmm. I I can only think of two movies I've seen her in. I mean, I, I saw like part of that uh, Stephen Hawking movie, but she was also in that last Spider-Man movie, and she's not good in that either. So, anyway, it's like the the placeholder character for the Black Cat, Felicia Hardy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw her in that like crazy movie, that Drake, whatever his name is, movie. Um, I just really wonder if if you're like in this this weekend, you're going to see the sequel in the theater. What do you do because you're not supposed to make fun of it out loud? Like you just sit there and like check your watch. I would be super uncomfortable once I discovered that like somebody else in that theater was genuinely excited about the movie. Oh, correction that uh, her handyman coworker is named Paul, not Luke. Mm. Uh, apparently, Ian Summerholder uh, expressed interest in this being this movie. I bet he did. Summerholder, I bet Ian Summerholder would love. If he was a this. little bit younger, he at least seems like the type that they're going for. I feel like this character is who Ian Summerholder wants to be in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like this character is who Donald Trump wants to be in life. Ugh. It's all generic business and power and, and normal sized hands. Maybe in the yeah. sequel, Jamie Dornan can like have uh, Anastasia pee on him. <laughs> well, like, I just kept thinking, like, where is like the weird paraphilia? Like, where is like the fecophilia and all that shit? Because all he wants to do is a little like uh, spanking and then some doggy. Like when she's like, show me the worst it can get. It's like, oh, shit, he's going to do a hot Carl. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Nope. Nope. No. He's basically going to do like a fucked up version of the count from Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> want spanking. Dual spanking. <laughs> uh, I cannot imagine Lucy Hale in this role. I really can't. No, no. I She, she would be better but i almost feel like she has too much personality just like in her in her face for what this role requires which is like this boring blank slate you know well that's part of what makes the aria character so captivating at pll is that you know that deep down there's something you're not quite understanding it's like a, an occult flame burning within that girl a darkness um, yeah super darkness that you want to dance around and do rights to um not so much with uh 
Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith's daughter. You know, Don Johnson and Melanie Griffith in the 80s would have been perfect casting for this movie. I mean, they probably were in a movie like this in the 80s if we hit up their IMDb. But yeah. Sonny Crockett and the and the working girl in this movie, that would have been mm-hmm. brilliant. They, I feel like they even managed to screw up the, the humor of him, like, buying a bunch of, like, rope and, like, clamps and shit. Like, she, yeah. she just immediately calls out, like, oh, it's like a, something a serial killer would buy. Like, like, stepped on the joke, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The writing is bad. The directing is bad. Even if I was into the like loss of power and control and and how that helps me deal and process my own abuse or whatever, I can't get past somebody like telling you when and when not to eat. Yeah. Or like you've had too much coffee. I literally have taken a sip of this fucking cup of coffee about me. No, it's too much. Another Stay away from Cosmo. Me. Yeah. <laughs> what what is up with the photo shoot? This is for a school newspaper. And they've they like, like rented out a ballroom somewhere yeah, yeah. at a hotel to like shoot this guy with all this like fancy equipment set up, which by the way, like they have a, like shitloads of equipment. That guy's just standing there with a camera and using the flash on the camera. So I don't know what all that other equipment's for. Well, it tells you everything you need to know about this movie where the guy's like, can you smile for me? And he just like stares at him like a serial killer. Okay. But, but Jamie Dornan does not have the you know, je ne sais quoi to pull off that glare that some actors would. Right. You know, like a better actor could really nail that. And he's just mm-hmm. kind of like, Mrah. I would love to see like a young Harrison Ford in this movie. I don't know. If Harrison Ford does BDSM. <laughs> I, I just don't like, I just don't think that's like, I don't think you could get him to do that as an actor. Or like his, to, his general like star persona would just be like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> we'd have to ask Ali McBeal. No, I guess, I mean, as long as he can point at you, I think he maybe he would. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it God, just seems a little too cool to be that obsessed with like subs and doms and all that bullshit. You know, you still, even though apparently he worked hard to overcome it, you still notice Jamie Dornan's weird walk, which if you've watched the fall, you can't. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the dude has ginormous calves and he walks on his toes and it's really bizarre i tend to walk on the balls of my feet what what, what is her favorite writer it's oh like it's thomas hardy hardy yeah it should have been jane austen but it's thomas hardy what that's what made her want to get to literature. tom hardy tom hardy the actor mm-hmm. she's like I wanted to get into writing, become an English major, because I saw a really great BuzzFeed article of Tom Hardy's best quotes from interviews. Yeah, he was really good in Star Trek Nemesis. Why does she get so drunk at this party? She's fucking shit-faced. Uh, either she's literally never had booze before or she's been roofied. Or yeah, she mean, can't handle her fucking sauce. I'm almost surprised they didn't work in a plot line where, like, Jose in the friend zone like slipped something in her drink or something like that. Yeah. Just to make yeah. this guy have more of like a hero moment. Like this movie's not above that. No way Jose can like not handle basic human signs of she's just like, no, 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 no. And he's like, I'll never have this moment again. I'll never have this courage again. No, 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 no. He's like, please one kiss. And she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And then Christian Gray says, dude. He says, dude, she said back off. Dude, she said back off. 
she's like uh wakes up the next morning did, did you undress me and he's like yeah like there's no even like i had my maid help you or anything like that yeah. like that's not romantic yeah you know yeah. it's it's I feel like if uh, in your typical romantic movie, she might wake up and discover she's naked and you'd be like, oh, I, I had my maid uh, help you get undressed. Something like that. So, she, you know, there's like a little bit of uh, a nervousness, but not a feeling of violation, I guess. Yeah. But now she's just like, ew. Oh, he, and he fucking revels in it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Her confusion. I mean, this is also convenient movie magic that she happens to wake up from her hangover Right as he's just gotten back from his his jog. Mm-hmm. Also, th- this hotel, that weird big red couch is directly facing the bed. <laughs> like you would only rent this room if you wanted to watch people have sex in that bed. What is, what is up with this? Like crawls over to her on the bed and takes a bite out of her toast. <laughs> yeah, this is what he says. You know, just BT dubs. I know we weren't on this subject at all, but if you were mine, you wouldn't be able to sit on that ass for weeks. And she's like, um, that's not exactly like biting your okay. toast isn't exactly a power move. Everyone it's, eats. It's her not food. sexy. It's just kind of dorky. Everyone eats her food in this movie, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a choice. She has a serial serious uh, oral fixation in this movie as well. Yeah, I'm surprised she's not rubbing the toes on her cheek while she while she talks to him. <laughs> also, this shirt thing. He's just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to take my shirt off randomly. I'm just going to take my shirt off, yeah. How much fucking conversation is there in this movie about the fucking contract and whether or not that contract's going to get signed? Like, the entire movie is just like, will she or won't she sign this stupid contract? Yeah. Also, this Elliot guy, is he mm-hmm. really this guy's brother? Because he does not seem like the brother at all. I guess adopted brother. Oh, yeah, maybe that's it. He's like, oh, yeah, it's my brother. And it's like, it is? Are you sure don't act like it? I I just, I've, I would have never in my life been this cool with, bro, I hate to be this guy. I was like a minute and a half from finishing. Could I uh, could get back like, in there? Could you I just go back leave and for like 30 seconds? Yeah. Can I just go in the bathroom for a minute? I don't want to be rude. I don't know what the rules of society here are, but oh. In case, like, no, this is fine. Yeah. I'm just going to sit here in my silk nightie that I was wearing for some reason. Like, he he shakes her hand and is like, nice to meet you, Anastasia. Then he zips up. (laughs) I'm trying to think what else even... I mean, there's, like, a helicopter ride. It's a lot... A lot of, like, this guy... He's really just showing like these ostentatious displays of wealth to her mm-hmm. as a substitution for courting. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like these guys, they don't have anything in common. They're not, they don't share similar worldviews. They don't have uh, like strong chemistry with each other. Like why, why other than like he's rich and seemingly like attractive and he just wants to like abuse someone. Like, why are they into each other? It's like he solely views her as a blank canvas to turn into a mirror. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hate to say this about any human being, but it's like he could replace her with a sheep <laughs> and probably be just as happy because he's European. Um, just just with a hilt, yeah. But I mean, at one sheep point, he tries. <laughs> uh, you're forgetting he's Irish, not Scottish. But like, uh, like 
he makes a comment at one point, like, I'll sweeten the deal on the contract. We can go on a date, dinner and a movie. I'll let you pick the night. That's all she gets to pick is the night. He'll pick every other aspect, and like, including when she can and cannot chew her fucking food. Yeah, some relationship. And it's like, that's all she wants as like somebody who's never been in a real relationship before is like to just have a normal fucking boyfriend. But no, he's he doesn't do that. No, I don't do girlfriends. It's not even like she's like, man, I've I grew up dirt fucking poor. I was, as he puts it later, profoundly hungry, mm-hmm. like like, oh, my God, all this status just like blowing my fucking mind. Um I'm honestly surprised that when he gives her his card of his number, they just doesn't hand her like a hundred dollar bill with his phone number written on it or whatever. Yeah, seriously. I was also very disappointed by the playroom. It's yeah. like, oh, it's just a no Xbox, no Xbox at all. So it's just uh, whips and restraints. Just a bunch of riding crops and shit. There's no like little like VR headset in there. There's none of those like little gaming chairs that like are on the ground and just rock back and forth. None of that. You know, plus, yeah, I, I would like to see like an actual BDSM take on the room. And is this guy like an amateur golfer of like the sex game? Because I always think about back to that quote from like Lincoln. Anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. I'm Not pretty sure room. that uh, like Eric from True Blood had a more impressive sex dungeon than this. Which, oh, by the way, uh, Skarsgård as uh, Christian Grey here. Yeah, that'd be great. You'd have to cast a different actress because, first of all, yeah. you couldn't put her head and his head in the same frame. There's like a six foot foot like height difference. But Skarsgård's the kind of person who could, uh, when somebody tells him to smile, he could do the glare and pull that off. Well, he's got there's a warmth even in his iciness. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, if you were to cast like Skarsgård as Christian Grey and Stephen Moyer as Anastasia, I would be into that. <laughs> it's the new me. You like a sport? I do. Well, yes, Eric. I do. Very much so. Mm. <laughs> How can you imagine Christian Gage just wears nothing but tracksuits? Mm. <laughs> that would scare the, the sheep away. Yeah, it's just a fucking, like, like, like there's a bamboo stick with a handle on it at one point. <sighs> also, the whole, the I look setup at this room. seems so boring. It's like, oh, I just get to live in this fancy room and have, like, joyless sex with you. I look at this room and I see nothing but an outrageous cleaning routine after each of their sessions. Mm-hmm. I does see the have, poor Does the maid get to go in there? Yeah. I just, what is she like blindfolded and told to like bleach down everything? He's got a mirror on the ceiling, even in her room. I, I don't know. The, the sex is not hot. This is supposed to be her losing her virginity, but it's just blah. And then, he, then he's fucking playing piano because this is Twilight, you know? Yeah. I guess I, I don't want to know, just know what happened in the book compared to the movie. That doesn't interest me as much. Is like, what was the original fan fiction like that was changed? I guess that's the bizarre adaptation note that I'm more curious about, as stupid as that is. Like, it how even, was this Bella? It even seems like the, the, the thing where he sleeps in her room the first night mm-hmm. seems wrong like that should be that should only happen when like we know he's fallen for her or something like that like it's backwards to have him do it right away 
doesn't he like tell her at this point, like after staring at her blankly like a serial killer, you've changed me or something? There's some bullshit like that, yeah. I don't know. This whole fucking movie. <laughs> His yeah, mom so- shows up and like she could have just stayed in the back room, but no, she like throws on a shirt with no bra, like just telegraphing to everyone that they just fucked. Oh and yeah, comes we're, out we're to making the mother. Making it loud and clear. And like reminding me that Marsha Gay Harden might be amazing. Well, there's something you could do there where she is doing this on purpose. Like this is her little power move. Mm-hmm. Like she's she knows this is going to make him a little bit uncomfortable. And she's going to like kind of force her way into a more like intimate relation with the rest of his family. Yeah, yeah. I'm also a person, not a mannequin. You fuck. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and just you know, she has her own kind of strategy. But no, I don't. I don't think that's what they're doing at all here. It was like they just needed to set up later that she needs to like come over for some family visit or something. Yeah. Yeah, I really just wanted to see Jane Fonda show up and talk to Marcia Gay Harden, like in the better scenes from the newsroom. Yeah. 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 Lots of fancy cars. He drives her to the woods at one point, probably to kill her. And Sparkle. Mm-hmm. Just fucking Sparkle. Like, I guess I'm, in the fan fiction version, who molested Edward to make him Fifty Shades of Fucked Up? Um, was it Carlisle? Tell me it wasn't Carlisle. No. Cause I, I bet it was Jasper. What was Esme was mom's name. It wouldn't have been her, though. It would have been basically like the the Bill Compton version, like whoever turned him originally or something like that. It was Carlisle who turned him. No, like the Bill Compton version of that. Like, I can't remember who who his uh, his master. Is that what they call masters? The maker. Yeah, Yeah, his maker. But Um, it was the chick that he he twisted the head. Yeah, but you would need that kind of character to be the, the metaphor for the abuser. Yeah. Okay. The one who turned him. I like how she's in the car and she's like, oh, I can't email you because my computer's down. And then like she goes upstairs and this guy's like giving her a new computer or something. The Geek Squad is in her apartment. But it's just like a new computer. I don't know. It makes no sense. Like it would have been funnier if you just saw him pull his phone out and like order that or something. So, you know, like what is this guy like he's setting up her laptop like it's a fucking MacBook Pro. What'd you do? You open this the lid and you press the power button. Uh, well, I unboxed and I plugged it in. So yeah. you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. And then this is when Kate shows up dressed like a bounty hunter. Um, yeah, what is awesome. she doing? What is her job? <laughs> I just kept waiting for her to be like, oh, by the way, I'm a cop now. Here's my badge. I'm going to go hunt down criminals. There's also a bunch of uh, lepidoptery on their wall. I noticed in the scene like. They're not real characters, so it's like I almost feel like the the, the set designer like worked way too hard. Yeah, there's there's nothing there behind the, just the barest of uh, personality for any of these characters. So sure, <laughs> there's a bunch of fucking butterflies on the wall. But yeah, so just as there's also they have a shit ton of records. These two girls, mm-hmm. these two girls. I'd like to hear tweet at us. What do you think's in their record collection besides Rolling Stones? Wait, are um, they moving at some point? At some point, and then they're graduating like 45 minutes later. I don't Why know what time moving? period this movie I is. I just noticed that. But yeah, so she says in the car, my computer's fucked up. She gets upstairs. She has a brand new computer. They start emailing. 
moments also, later. He's like I, driving and texting her. I just noticed this. I, I think I like I like blacked out during this boring ass like email scene. But yeah, mm-hmm. she there's like a, they're having a party at the hardwood store mm-hmm. uh, where it's like, oh, we're going to miss you. And they're all cheersing. And so I guess she moves to Seattle with her same roommate. I think that's what's happening here. Right. Which they said earlier they're going to do. Wait, Elliot is, Elliot is helping them move. He's oh, like, he, oh, he's bringing in the fucking flat screen of Jose. So he's Which like, I feel like dating? Jose wouldn't be doing that, but I guess Damn, Jose, Jose, that's a real cuck move. Um, well, I mean, Jose, after you get a little fresh and get told off, don't you kind of just lay low for a while? Like maybe they had a, a scene off screen where you apologize. Well, that's the problem is that this is like an iceberg. 90% of it's off screen. Yeah. I guess they're living like right there in Belltown or something. Yeah. Fan- big fancy loft place. Uh, I completely missed this all while watching the movie because it was that. Well, boring. like, is she, is she, what is her half of the rent? Is it solely being his kept woman or pseudo kept woman? Because this is an expensive. I think she, she probably sold those first edi- editions of uh, Tom Hardy's books there. Made a killing. Hmm. <laughs> she's like guess what kate we're moving to seattle i've got some money right i'm dating this uh, fucking moron who keeps giving me shit she has to google like submissive just to see what it is I don't know, just to be this abhorred goes by the- on forever and then it just eventually pulls like the edward cullen move and shows up at her place yeah we're, we're fucking glasses of wine ice what even happens it's like i'm trying to think of like what the plot is here but it's just a lot of the contract over and over just sign you sign that contract yet i'm thinking about it <sighs> they have their big scene where they discuss butt plugs and safe words she doesn't even get to pick her own safe word yeah she doesn't pick her own safe word it's just and it's basically like traffic signals this guy is so un, uninteresting what's with the way it's shot it's all like in red oh the room like this is your normal conference room you have like oh oh, yeah yeah they have like the special seduction light switch you know looking at his his like i've done this before and she's like oh shit you know he's already told her Mm -hmm. he's done it before and he's like i'm at business meetings i kept thinking of all of the bullshit business negotiation stuff from the office like there's the moment in the office where Michael decides to take uh, advice on a salary negotiation from Daryl, which is don't say anything until someone else says something first and then only say <laughs> zippity zoppity, give me that poppity. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I was, I've been trying to uh, find this test of the Duraville's quote to say, why didn't you tell me that there was danger? Why didn't you warn me? Ladies know what to guard against because they read novels that tells them these tricks. Um, I hate this movie. Uh, number two from Battlestar Galactus shows up as her stepdad. The arrangement here is very bizarre because it's mentioned that her mother, Anastasia's mother, is on her fourth husband. Mm-hmm. Then this guy's her stepdad who raised her because her real dad died. It's like, what? how does the math work out there? Did he adopt her and then she was raised by him the whole time and not with her mother who went off and had more husbands? Well, yeah. Is, is he even so is like the this guy's like husband number the, two, I guess. 
is the father even one of the husbands? And then which husband is Leo Ben here, who yeah. is my least favorite Cylon, who's now a man in the High Castle? Um, which you can't help but considering her relationship with this asshole, like look at her relationship with her father and think, oh, what's going on here? Was there something weird with the dad? Seemingly no. We have no idea. And then there's this creep of oh, her at the graduation. This dude's also adopted. Yeah. He's adopted because, uh, you know, when he's nine years old, he witnessed both his parents getting murdered in an alleyway. He tells her that, like, well, she's asleep, right? Also, there's the redheaded guy. Oh, my God, that guy has a giant tumor. Oh, shit. You're talking about the guy in the background when she's having a graduation picture taken. (laughs) Oh, God, that guy's a nightmare. (laughs) He looks like Eric Stoltz in Mask. (laughs) I feel like uh, his driver, Taylor, pretty good gig because all these... All these trips like to and from like Seattle to Portland, and that's just good billable hours there, right? Oh, yeah. Tell especially, me that. Especially guy. like, yeah, on, sometimes you got to have this douchebag in the backseat, but like at least one way you're probably alone to go pick well, someone we, up. You just wait, put on a point, podcast and you're good. We were like, why is he sitting in front of his driver? The driver can't even put on a podcast then. Yeah. <laughs> but like, tell me that this driver, Taylor, doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> He knows what's going on. Yeah, so... He spanks uh, her when she rolls her eyes at him. What the fuck is this? Oh, so yeah, they they sell her car, her VW bug, her slug bug. Like, how do they do that? This is her car. She didn't sign shit over to nobody. <laughs> she, like, takes it and has it demolished or something. Yeah. Yeah, how... Nobody has, like, her power of attorney here. How are they just going and selling her is car? He, is he, like, we reported it stolen. <laughs> we got you the insurance money, and then we sold the scrap. <laughs> On his way to China right now, yeah. Much, much like Mr. Big in the uh, uh, Sex in the City, my business is the mafia. <laughs> well, she goes to call her mom at that point, and like she's on the verge of tears. Like she basically starts crying after all. That's how you know this is a good relationship. There, cry for fucking help. He makes me happy some of the time. That is never what you say at the beginning of a, of a relationship, ever. And her mom's like, well, I've had four husbands, so I'm probably not great, <laughs> giving, great at giving you advice. <laughs> they all that died under mysterious sale. circumstances. Yeah, Some of them fell down an elevator shaft on some bullets. <laughs> well, they couldn't make it to the graduation because her like, newest husband like broke his arm or some bullshit. Like, what is this guy, an invalid? Apparently. Yeah. Uh, uh, Casey's brother from Dawson's Creek. Yeah, like wiping his ass. He needs that. You can't leave him for a couple of days. I feel like Kate, the roommate, is really the one winning here because seemingly Elliot is not like a gigantic douchebag and they have like a normal relationship where he's like helping her move and shit. Kate, the roommate, now that I'm rewatching some of this stuff, the sound off, she gives me like a strong Catherine Heigl vibe. Like young yeah, I like her. Heigl, yeah. yeah, I like her and I want to watch her. Um, also, that picture that someone took of them in the graduation is hilarious. But like, <laughs> I keep forgetting that Catherine Heigl was the daughter in My Father the Hero. I did not know that. Yes, with that movie where <laughs> Gerard de Perdue is as big as the country of France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, God, half these scenes... Where, like, Thomas Crown looks at her like she's insane and then just starts, like, making out with her and then spanks her. Lots of going to the playroom. He, he, he does her hair, like, more than once in this movie. Like, he's, he's got to have her hair just right. 
Yeah. Like earlier, he like takes it out of like a a little like updo thing, and now he like braids it so he can go like spank her and hit her with riding crops. Well, I kept thinking like he's gonna be like you know since his move is doggy style, I kept thinking like he's gonna be like holding the hair, pulling on the hair. No, not really. Yeah, he does a little bit, yeah. He just of course he just likes a good braid. Of course, she loves like every new BDSM thing he tries on her, well, except, every... except when he spanks her at the very end. Yeah. You're right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, because her skin is the most sensitive skin of all time. Uh-huh. It's supposedly they, they filmed all the Red Room scenes. It's like almost a dong shot there when he's taking his pants off. Yeah, even though contractually he was like, no dong. Mm, must be a prosthetic. <laughs> it's the Dirt Diggler dong. <laughs> Can you imagine if they like they called someone in LA and they were like, we need the Dirt Diggler dong. Put on a helicopter. Fly to Vancouver tonight. P.T. Anderson would not allow that, first of all. He'd be like, fuck you. So Nobody gets the dirt dog. There's like some some PAs who have to do like a whole heist where they try to break into P.T. Anderson's house. That right the, there, a better movie than this movie. Is the dirt dog is like kept on a special motion detector you, safe. You know fucking Wahlberg's got that thing. Yeah, yeah. When he's not blinding Asian shopkeepers, yeah, he's holding on to that thing. Well, he, he's, uh, this guy is like such a cocksmith that he has to like carry her to bed because she's like passed out and worn out because, because that's, he's just that's how amazing her. he is. Yeah. Yeah. God, this movie's boring. They, they randomly danced to like Sinatra at one point. What was going on there? Well, because I don't understand it because he doesn't like her. He doesn't well, know her. But she starts to like, do a little like a little like jitter buggy like her like her own moves and he just like stares at her yeah well because he's he's so enamored of the effect he can have on her um then we get to the family dinner scene in which i blink and you miss it there's rita aura some kind of like fucked up flapper girl um, <laughs> yeah it's alice yeah it's basically alice she has visions of the future and the visions of her brother being gross um then like there's a scene where like he tries to like He's trying to feel her up under the table. Yeah, he's trying to like finger blast her at the table and she pushes his hand his way and he gives her this look like, What the fuck? <laughs> How dare you? How dare you deny my advances to finger blast you in front of my entire goddamned family? <laughs> Are they all adopted, maybe? Well, presumably because is, is Marshall Baron or something? Who knows what the hell is going on at this? I mean, none family. of these kids look like each other, obviously. Right. right, right. Well, I don't think he and Rita Ora are obviously are, are, are biological kids, but I don't know about the uh, the the bareback dude. Mm. Yeah, maybe Elliot is just normally adjusted person because he wasn't adopted into this weird rich family and then abused by a family friend. Yeah, my mother didn't look the other way when, like, uh, Mrs. Robinson. They call her Mrs. Robinson. Or I don't know if maybe it's her actual name. Her name is Mrs. Robinson. I, like, yeah, I'm not sure if they're being ironic or not there. <laughs> the subtext isn't even trying to be sub. <laughs> it's dominant text. Um, also, the pool, like, below the greenhouse is interesting. I kept waiting for her to push him into the pool over the rail. Mm. Oh, I noticed he did uh, upgrade her ticket to first class. Oh, did he? At one point, yeah. She texted him and she's like, oh, thanks for the upgrade. I was okay in coach. I hope she's why, false well, on that plan. She took it accepted. Why does she have a flip phone? This movie was shot in 2015. 
Is it why a razor? The, why the fuck does she have a flip phone? Um, I can't tell what this is. Yeah, surprisingly, there's. Oh, it's an LG. There. Yeah, I don't know why she has this thing. So LG I've, makes smartphones. She's like texting the old-fashioned way, where you, you know, like T9. You know. Oh, oh, the only thing that was nice about T9 was that you could really do that while driving. Like it was super easy. Oh, yeah, that was real nice. Phone. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Yeah. You didn't have to stare at the phone at all. Um, I have been to Savannah. It is like the one. Other than pockets of Atlanta, it's like the one bright spot in Georgia, which is a nightmare. Um, we don't see anything interesting about Savannah in this movie with her family. Her family is so boring. I don't even know what the point of that scene was, other than to like put some temporary division between them. Whatever the shit with Bella's mom is in, uh, I kept thinking like, is this guy like a minor league baseball player too? Yeah, really. Is that how he broke his arm? Might as well. And then she hears, he hears her. Her mom and new stepdad have sex, and she laughs like, <laughs> "How quaint! Well, how like, quaint!" I bet they're not even using writing crops. What's up with your mom and there's like, like you can't control yourself for one night while your daddy's there? I don't know. I, I, I think that's a razor. I think didn't the razor like no, it's an LG. It's definitely an LG. Wasn't razor LG? No, that was a Motorola. Uh, oh. Also, first class. This does not really look like a fancy first class situation here. This is like first class on a seven thirty seven. Not impressive at all. Yeah. Anyway, at this point, I think this is a point in the movie where I was like, I wonder how many minutes are left because it seems like nothing. It's like we're not we, there's no momentum towards a climax here. Like there's no climax to this movie, really. Other no. than like he spanks her and she gets mad about it. Much like their sex lives. There's no climax. Shows, um, yeah, exactly. Shows up like a creeper. That's a real metaphor. Um, shows up in, in Savannah. Another Cosmo. I'm going to take you flying just because we have to do another rich people event or else nothing would happen in this movie. Because I watched Thomas Crown Affair on the way yeah. over. <laughs> uh, like... It makes me think about one of my favorite moments um, from even the uh, the Dark Knight is uh, when Bruce Wayne runs into uh, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Aaron Eckhart and he's like, well, let's put some tables together. And Aaron Eckhart's like, I don't know if they'll allow that. And he's like, they should. I own the place. <laughs> like, I kept waiting for that to happen, for him to be like. He's not even I a cool millionaire. Yeah. 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 He's like, I, I bought the fucking glider company or whatever. <laughs> That's how I, I just my- bought Savannah. <laughs> my general creepiness i just bought your parents house now you (laughs) have to let me stay here and i will foreclose unless you let me do what was it what did she turn down at first anal fisting (laughs) and then she turns down the anal fisting he's just like damn it (laughs) no vaginal fisting ah denied what's he can let that go he's willing to sacrifice the vaginal fisting but he really wants that anal fisting everything else Whatever, it doesn't mean anything to him, but anal fisting. Yeah. Oh, I think the vaginal fisting, isn't that the one where he's like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to give that up? God damn it. Fine. <laughs> oh, suspended in the air? That's for your pleasure. Also, maybe mine. Yeah. Then he takes her to the playroom and just whips her some more and plays the piano. Oh my god, their sex life is so fucking boring. Oh, oh so yeah, the mom lets her go, and the mom is just like, well... <sighs> Try to love your abuser, honey. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Get as much money as you can. Trust yeah. me. Have you tried going through his wallet when he's asleep? I'm just saying. 
Um, Just make sure that every time he treats you bad, you get something out of it. Oh. Yeah. This. Uh, they eventually. She demands that he show him the worst. Like, show me the worst it's going to be. And so he spanks her six times. And she's like, get away from me. How dare you? It That is like, it's not even like he's really, like, not been holding back before. Now he's unleashed. I kept waiting for him to, like, take a shit on her, honestly. That's what I was little, dreading. Little glass bottom voting. Yeah. Little Cleveland steamer. I mean, I've seen the Night Porter. This is like nothing. This is like the Sesame Street version of that. Um, Old Dirty Sanchez. And and yeah, she's like, it's like, what are we? We're an hour and 54 goddamn minutes into the movie. And she's like, I finally see you for who you really are. And he's just like, I have been saying this you know, the entire goddamn movie well, in two different all, accents. Why is this movie over two hours long? What the fuck? Yeah. There's no fucking reason for the movie this to be that should long. should be... 87 minutes and it's only playing the Friday and Saturday nights on Cinemax. 87 minutes with the credits. Yeah, you're in and you're out. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what his goddamn reaction is when she walks out on him. But then, yeah, he, she sleeps in the room. I don't know why she's still on the, the premises. And he pokes his head in that night and he's like, are you still mad? And she's like, get the fuck out! And he's like, okay. Oh, I just noticed that the unrated version it ends a little bit differently. Oh, do tell. How does it end? Oh, let me see. Okay, so it does the whole Christian Anastasia thing at the mm-hmm. end, which for some reason the filmmakers thought that would be dramatic. I'm not sure why. But then it's like she's riding home crying in a rainy car, and it's like a montage of her remembering all the shit they did together as mm-hmm. he's like running in the rain with like a murderous serial killer look on his face. Like he's got to go find another young woman to murder. Um, and so it's just like them. she's crying She's remembering. Uh, this reminded me of a happy time. Oh, she sent him like a model, like a little like Lego model version of a glider. That's mm-hmm. weird. Um, and he's all stressed about that. And then she just she comes back home and he's sitting in a meeting thinking to himself. And then it ends. Oh, he gets up. He gets up to go do something. And then it ends. That's lame. Yeah. Nothing of value was lost there. Why was that in the unrated version? Oh God! Here's here's a here's a actual thing from the IMDb trivia. I don't know if this is true or not. Director Sam Taylor Johnson omitted the scenes from the novel where Christian removes Anna's tampon so they could have sex. Oh, I the think that was, was uh, he does it with his teeth. I think was that the sun like, wasn't it's like a legendary scene, dis- scene from the book. Scene wasn't even discussed when the script was being written. Also, Sam Taylor Johnson. Might be a genius only because she wanted the film to end of Anna stopping Christian from following her and saying red and E.L. James vetoed it. Yeah, fuck off E.L. James. Yeah. Anyway, uh, make one change. I think we both agree that if you just replace Christian Grey with Bruce Wayne, it'd be a much better movie. Yeah, I mean, if not that, because of rights and what have you in DC Comics and Warner Brothers, maybe <laughs> uh, Thomas Crown, sure. But yeah, definitely. I mean, like, Even the TV version with uh, Oliver Queen, who is TV's Batman. I mean, War- Warner Brothers, you can't find your own ass with a flashlight with your, your DC movies right now. Just scrap what you're doing. Just hot Gotham Knights, okay? You never see Batman. It's just a romance with Bruce Wayne. And like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, who, who Vicky Vale, she could be young Vicky Vale. 
Ooh, Kim Basinger, I like it. Ties it into all of this. Um, yeah, like, you know, before they have sex, she has to take her lipstick and make, like, a weird Joker smile. Um, she, he, he doesn't she, like penguins. He doesn't like clowns. Yeah. He doesn't like people with facial disfigurement. He doesn't like riddles in his sex life. Um, he has the, he has a lot of like, you know, he wears a fetish suit at night. He has, he has a lot of don'ts or, or uh, uh, what is the line from, <laughs> from rest of development? Can'ts. <laughs> Won'ts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then like, like as they're doing the contract, Bruce Wayne's like, swear to me. <laughs> I think the secret of that movie is you never see him as Batman. He's all he like he he might have to leave occasionally to go do something. He might come back and and be injured, but you never see the bat suit. You never see the bat cave. I think one of the the sub threads of every headcanon episode is us unzipping and pulling a Fifty Shades of Grey onto uh, the DC <laughs> Comics movies. Like a movie is its script. The fact that Ben Affleck wrote a Batman script and doesn't want to direct it that should scare the fuck out of you, Warner Brothers. I'm going to go ahead and predict he doesn't actually star in that movie. Ooh, I think his people, are, I think his people are working franchise. on that right now. They're, it's already fucking torpedoed. That's like a guy getting elected president and realizing he doesn't like government. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, somewhere Ben Affleck is like, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> no shit you have. <laughs> um, I am utterly fascinated and horrified, disgusted by the fact that Sam Taylor Johnson made every actress audition for the role of Anastasia read a monologue from Ingmar Bergman's persona. That just hurts me in every Which way. Which would mean that Lucy Hale did that at some point. I I would – oh, God. I would start a Kickstarter. I If I had money, I would pay $4 million to see that footage. I really would. Well, I mean, they, they really got some, like, C-listers here, right? Uh-huh. I mean, Dakota Johnson – not exactly Emma Stone. This well, like, is not the A-list happening here. Look back at the the level of actors who tried to get the Elizabeth Salander role yeah. in America. You know what I mean? And then like, look at the people they got for this movie. And it they kinda, had to know this movie would probably be successful. It's a very popular, you know, series of books, but it's just so trashy and shitty that people are just like, no thanks. Well, and this is like, I don't know, to me, part, for some reason, I feel like this is like a, a, a more modern thing. It's really not. But like with these massive book selling properties that are becoming movies, you know, mm-hmm. um, and like like Girl on the Train, for example. And it's like, we've got to get a movie. We've got to get big actors into it. And it's like they knew this was shit. It didn't matter who was in it. It was shit. They were going to make some opening weekend money and it was going to trail off massively. Well, this is this is what I don't understand. Why why so much deference to E.L. James? It's like, wow, you wrote some fucking Twilight fanfic with some mm-hmm. bondage in it. Like, why are they like, oh, we really need to make sure the writer's happy on this one and that it's like totally accurate to her like fake novel? Like, why aren't they like, hey, thanks, we're gonna buy this property and then give it to like somebody who's gonna make it good? Like, why why do they care about making this accurate to the book? I can only assume that that was that was in her contract. Part of the deal, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the fact that they seemingly can't, like fires Samuel Taylor Johnson. Yeah, yeah. This I is, don't think this the is like direct, I mean, we, features, right? Yeah, I, I mean, we talked about how bad this movie is shot and what have you, but it's, I don't. I honestly don't think the direction is the worst part of the movie. 
it's not the it's worst. Just, it's just and then it's the like, It's just boring. You know, there's yeah. there's yeah. nothing that really stands out. Like the only the only scene where it seems like they're really like putting effort in was the weird uh, like seduction lighting and the contract scene, which to me like calls attention to itself for the wrong reasons. I guess. Right. Right. Like if the whole movie looked like that, with just like kind of like fanciful lighting, that'd be one thing. But just mm-hmm. suddenly, for some reason, that that scene stood out to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, you're just basically making like the modern version of like Wild Orchid or whatever. It's or some kind of Adrian Lin movie. Um, why did they get Adrian Lin to do this? It's Fifty Shades of Fucked Up. It's like yeah, you're you're not really you're uh, you're just a garden variety misogynist. It's actually yeah. it's actually not that surprising at all. Guess what? You're dime a dozen, buddy. Yeah. In this day and age, <laughs> in this day and age, where being a woman is a political act of itself, like you're just like every other like Pepe, you fucking piece of rich shit. Um, right. I really dislike this movie. I didn't dislike this movie to like Suicide Squad levels. No, that movie is unwatchable. But um, both movies do feature like wanton, jubilant abuse of women. Yeah. Let's do our uh, power rankings and then uh, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, uh, number ten, I've got Jose, uh, Mister Friend Zone. I mean, he sucked. Interesting. I have. I mean, I, Christian you know, it's, Gray at number ten. Obviously, I could put Christian at number ten. I don't know. Jose just seemed even. Maybe not worse, but just annoying enough to me that I put him there. Okay. Yeah, Christian Grey, like I said, is my number 10 because there's nothing admirable or likable. Uh, he did or help move the TV. Uh, Jose did. So you got to give him that. That's true. Which is why, which is why, bump Christian down. which is why No Way Jose, the werewolf photographer guy, is my number nine. I put Mia Grey at number nine just because in her fucking face, she's got like one line in this movie. Mm hmm. Not even sure why she's there. I mean, unless she has a part in the sequels, like why? Which, why not save some money? Which is kind of funny to me. This this phenomenon with like even um, what's the example I want to use? Zoe Kravitz and Fantastic Beasts. Like the yeah. uh, like I want you to do a super minuscule part in this movie, but I promise you will beef up your role in the next one. Kind of like uh, um, uh, what's the name on Westworld? Westworld, yeah, Leaf Schreiber, but like Westworld, uh, um. I'm totally Candy blanking Dude. on his name. No, no, um, Bernard Luke, Luke on Westworld. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> the, the Tom Berenger of the Hemsworths. No, yeah, yeah, Jeffrey Wright, who, like, we're going to put you in this role. We're going to beef up your role in the next one. Okay, we're going to super cut down your role in the next one. But don't worry, in the third movie, you're going to be in that one. You're oh, we decided, slider. Yeah, we decided not to do your character at all in the James Bond movies. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Slider, so, he had his moments in Quantum of Solace for sure. Best part of that movie. I know uh, uh, Raquel's suggestion was that we do the Daniel Craig Bond movies on headcanon. Mm. That'd be just we we would like the first one and then it would go downhill from there. I like the second one, but yeah. Um, I like the second one more than the other two for sure. I, I feel like there's just a huge cliff between number two and number three. I'm I'm that strange guy. Go ahead, throw your tomatoes at me. I like Quantum of Solace quite a bit. Um, don't you like it more than Casino Royale? I don't know. I don't know if I do. There's some parts That's of uh, Casino Royale. There's some parts of Casino Royale that are really strong, really fun. Um, but Spectre. Hot take: Casino Royale is the best Bond movie of all time. Of all time, yeah. 
You should yeah, be shunned Goldeneye. in the streets. Better than Goldeneye. Sorry, it's the truth. You should be shunned in the streets. But meanwhile, you don't even, watching... even like Goldeneye that much. Oh, you, on your Majesty's Secret Service is your favorite, isn't it? It's my favorite, but I do like Goldeneye. Goldeneye, because Pierce Brosnan was my bond when I was like alive, going to movies, actual in the theater, not watching Bond on TBS. But Spectre was like was like surgery was being performed on me, and I was not a, not asleep for it. I hated that movie. Spectre oh. was terrible. Yeah, yeah, that was vile. Um, so I I did my number nine. What's your number nine? Mia Gray. My, Mia num- my number eight was Christian Gray. We should really swap that with Jose. Yeah. And in retrospect, Jose did help move the TV with Elliot. So he swallowed some pride. My number eight is Catherine Hardwick, the director of the first Twilight. Mm. <laughs> Gotta give it up. Catherine Hardick would have at least done something weird with this movie. <laughs> She's like, can we get some more forests in yeah. here? Some more nature shots? Can they sparkle? Oh, the glider scenes? That would have been like 45 minutes of her version. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, my number seven, I put in uh, Christian's like trio of blonde assistants. Because mm. why not? That's a good one. Yeah. My number seven is uh, Rita Ora. Okay. That's a little high. Mm-hmm. Number six of Taylor the driver. Interesting. That guy's name is Max Martini. He doesn't look like a Max Martini. No, but when I first saw him, I thought he was that guy from Canadian TV that you despise. Fucking Ryan Robbins. No, he's close. (laughs) I wonder if he's Canadian too. You know who I want to add to my list of uh, uh, actors that I fucking despise? I don't see him as much. Um, but in my mind, why we were doing all of this, right, because I, Sorry, I always look for connections and patterns. Um, I thought of Charlie Hunnam. I thought of uh, Pacific Rim. The guy who played Warlow on uh, that True guy. Blood. Yeah. I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, that's that guy's like the Australian Ryan Ryan Robbins there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, by the way, Max Martini, full name Maximilian Carlo Martini. What a fucking name. Doesn't yeah. look Italian at all, though. Yeah. Tell me he doesn't have like a crime empire on the continent. Said he's just the driver. Yeah. Um, I think he was like a, an army special forces guy in like that uh, mammoth show. Anyways, my number six is the brother who uh, raw dogs Kate the roommate. Oh, Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. Who's he's just like, oh, time to go. OK, cool. I'm totally cool with that. Yeah. My number five is Anna's mom. Uh, last scene getting killed by al-qaeda and zero dark 30 <laughs> That's right. uh she's just like yeah yeah you take the good at the bad anna it makes you cry sometimes mm. have fun <laughs> every time you get a black eye just smile at your bank account yeah um i think she was also in contagion yeah i think uh, she was which makes me think of the fact that they offered this movie to soderbergh and i can only imagine Did she he die thought. in that movie or is it kate winslet that dies spoiler i don't remember uh, my number five is the Thomas Hardy Gwyneth quote. Paltrow definitely dies. Oh yeah, without a doubt. The Tom Hardy quote. Yeah. Right. On. But of course. For you. <laughs> uh, where am I at? Number four, I just listed as Mrs. Gray. I'm not sure if we ever got the first name there. Marcia Gay Harden. Uh, mostly mm. just because I was thinking of her in Newsroom and and feeling fond about that. Um. Oh shit! In my <laughs> in my rush to write down these these ten names mm-hmm. um, and trying to be cutesy and clever, I realized I never put Anastasia on my list. 
in her fucking face. So let's just assume, okay, she's somewhere on this list. But my number four is actually Gillian Anderson as Stella Gibson from The Fall. Because <laughs> I kept waiting for her to show up and like tell tell Anastasia, back off from that man. You know, it's this, terrible. What this movie really needed was the uh, the daughter from The Fall. Oh, uh, Katie Bene, Bene something or other. Yeah. yeah. Who, what was it? she like the babysitter? Irish Aria. Right? Yeah, Irish Aria. Yeah. Especially like, did you ever watch last season? I only watched the first season. Oh, really? So, okay. Someday yeah. I'll get back to it. Yeah. The last season is very bizarre. I won't spoil it, but she does have a very like the Stella and Katie have a great scene in, in like the last episode. Um, that's an amazing show. Yeah, but Gillian Anderson, I just kept waiting for her to show up and like stake this guy in the heart. <laughs> yeah, number three, I've got Elliot Gray. Wow. Okay, that's high. high Seems like a good, good dude. Um, I guess. <laughs> well, number three, I have Max Martini. I'm sorry, Maximilian Carlo Martini as Taylor, the driver, who his client rides up front with him. He like escorts the mom onto the premises. He apparently steals Anastasia's car and sells it at one point. Like bought her clothes, I believe. Yeah, he bought her clothes. Uh. She asks him at one point, how how is Christian today, even though this guy's been driving all over the state of Washington? So he probably has no idea, and he's just like, he seems irritable, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, number two, I've got Anastasia Steele. Hmm. Just because I'm sure she's the main character. Um, I think she should take all the stuff stuff she's sorry i think let's take all the stuff she's gotten from this guy and like cash it in and uh just call it a day call it a day and never speak to him again but you know there's that uh number two i have marcia gay harden who just spins this this minor role in her career <laughs> into something you know she's great and what little she has and number one, I think you have the same as well. Roommate, roommate Kate. Fuck yeah. Kate Cavanaugh with a K. Really? Okay. To Toby. This is my sister that I've never, ever heard of and who hasn't tried to rape me. Well, you got to wonder how much it must annoy Anastasia that her roommate is dating like rich dude's brother, who's also probably loaded. Mm-hmm. And they just have like a normal relationship. No baggage. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I have to sign fucking sex contracts where, like, I agree that you can do anything you want to me and I have to enjoy it. Yay. Half of my courtship is negotiating the fucking sex contracts. Yeah, this actress who has been in a lot of things that I've never, ever seen, um, you know, plus she, an episode she of familiar, SVU. But yeah, I haven't seen her in anything. She was in that River show on ABC. She was in a movie called Not Safe for Work. Blah, blah, blah. Eloise Mumford. Yeah, like, I don't know. She's like she's like a fucking light shining through the foggy murk of this goddamn movie. <sighs> Plus, you know, like, Anastasia is so boring. It's like not hard for this, this character to shine in comparison. Mm-hmm. All right. But well, apparently she's in she's in Fifty Shades Darker. Thank God. I feel like she's probably gonna like die or something in one of the sequels. No. Anyway, that was Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, are we gonna do the next one? 
Should we wait for video for that? I don't know. I don't want to go see that in theater. Don't you? No. What if I pay? Oh, God. Yeah. People, tweet in. Do you want me to drag Benjamin Light to see Fifty Shades Darker? Call the hotline. <sighs> we can yeah. Do cool. We can do an online. online. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's the Lego Batman movie. There's John Wick 2. There's La La Land and all the Oscar John movies. John Wick 2. That dog was a gift for my dead wife. Uh, Would you say this this movie not a better love story than Twilight? This movie actually makes... What did what we decide? What was the weakest Twilight movie? The third one? The second one. Second one? Okay, yeah. I would say this is better than this. Or the, uh, the second one is... Second Twilight movie is better than this, right? I guess. I mean, there's at least some case to of it all. That reminds me. The AV Club did like a Twilight retrospective where they ranked... I believe it was the third one is the best one. It was like, what the fuck? That's not right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, I think it's said in the podcast. It might be. We'll be back uh, when we're back. Yes, Until we are. Bye bye. To the